Looking for trusted financial advice to help you weather the rough markets? Find your True North. On the Vantage Point with True North Wealth Partners podcast, you'll find financial tips, insights, and information to help you plan for your future. True North Wealth Partners has locations in Dublin and Wooster, Ohio, while serving clients nationwide. Dedicated to God, country, clients, and family. To learn more about the Vantage Point with True North Wealth Partners podcast, visit MyTrueNorthWP.com. That's MyTrueNorthWP.com. True North Wealth Partners. Welcome home. Hey guys, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions like how do I record an episode? How do I get my show into the apps all the people like to listen to? And how do I make money from my podcast? Well, the answer to every one of these questions is really simple. It's called Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and extremely easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I've been using Anchor now for, oh, almost a year, and I really enjoy it. It's a lot easier than any of the other podcast apps I've ever tried. And again, it's free, guys. It really is free. It doesn't cost anything. Uh, So if you want to get started on a podcast and making money doing it, then go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start. Anchor, the best way to podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Ranger Report podcast, the new Ranger Report podcast. Uh, we've done this before in the past, but I have decided to start it back up again because, well, I missed all the time. But seriously, it's good to be back. My name is Ben Dieter, and I will be your host uh, for the Ranger Report podcast. don't know anything about me, I run the RangerReport.com, a uh, Rangers blog, basically website that uh, has not been real busy lately because I have been real busy, but it's time to get back into all that. I appreciate you, of course, checking on and uh, listening to this podcast whenever you do. A couple things about me, like I said, I run the RangerReport.com, been a Rangers fan for most of my life since I was a little kid, probably 11, 12, uh, started going to games in the 90s, early 90s, and uh, of course, Became a huge fan where I followed them every day after their playoff appearances with Pudge Rodriguez back in the late 90s. Um, really got into them when they were not a very good franchise, when they uh, were losing quite a bit, but that's all right. Um, really got into them and then, of course, was there for the 2010-2011 glorious seasons, back-to-back World Series appearances. We won't talk about 2011. Uh, that is not allowed. Anyway been through all that together uh, I am a teacher by trade I teach uh, high school engineering um, for a living so if you wanted to know a little bit about me there you go there'll also be a bio on the uh, Ranger Report podcast page at the rangerreport.com so I plan on making this about a 30 minute podcast uh, weekly to I don't know every 10 days depending on 
what's going on in Rangers world, the news and all that. I thought I'd start it now. We've got all the trade rumors floating around. We've got the Shinsu Chu uh, 49 game hitting streak as of Saturday, uh, July the 14th. We've got lots of other things like that going on. And then there'll be a number you can call that I'll give you at the end of this to leave comments. And I want to start doing a question and answer segment where you guys will leave me uh, questions on the line and I will answer them the following week on the podcast. So lots of things planned. We'll see how this goes. Uh, this podcast is being done just by me. Uh, and of course, if you are ever interested in sponsoring this, I would love to hear from you. Um, (laughs) I would be fine with that. But anyway, this is the new Ranger Report podcast. So, um, this week I want to talk a little bit about Shin Su Chu and what he is currently on is a 49 game on base streak. Um, he extended that streak on Friday evening in Baltimore to 49 games. And, of course, that counts walks, hit-by-pitches, hits, but not errors and things like that. So he has now been on base 49 in a row. Uh, he will be the 47th player to reach 50 if Saturday he gets a uh, on base at all. So the streak is pretty impressive. You know, Chu, and here's the thing about Chu. When he came to Texas... Uh, I wasn't really a large fan of that signing. I thought it was too much money. I thought he was getting too old for the length of that contract, and I didn't think he could deliver what the Rangers wanted him to deliver. And, of course, he hasn't been fantastic over the course of his contract here in Texas. He hasn't been awful, but he hasn't been fantastic. Obviously, he worked out better than uh, than Prince Fielder did for the Texas Rangers, but he has not at all been fantastic. And then you come to this year where he started out, you know, okay, and now all of a sudden he has this 49-game on-base streak going on. Now, in my opinion, with it being right before the deadline, it would be the perfect time to deal Chu uh, if you can find someone that's willing to take him for a stretch run. He is obviously showing that he is an on-base machine right now. He is locked in. And here's the deal, you know, is he going to continue that? No. And when he falls off, is it going to be a huge fall-off? Well, teams are probably concerned about that when they're looking into signing Shinsu Chu, possibly trading for him from the Rangers. Now, how much will that get? Because he has years left on his contract as well, and someone's going to have to take up the back end of that contract when he will not be as productive as he is this season. And and let's be honest, this is an anomaly. Him being this productive, him getting on base 49 times in a row, all of this are anomalies. It's not, I mean, he's an aging player. He's not expected to, to do what he's doing right now. But it has been really fun to watch as a Rangers fan. It's been really fun to watch him locked in, been really exciting to see him get on base you know he stretched it out a couple times to that last at bat which has been kind of fun and uh you know he did not play against Chris Sale the other day in fact he sat twice against Baltimore I know a lot of people had a problem with that I did not uh if you have a choice between Adrian Beltre or Shinsu Chu against Chris Sale who's a lefty you know the right-handed Beltre even though he is struggling right now seemed to be the right way to go but it almost seemed like uh, Jeff Bannister and John Daniels were trying to preserve that streak by not having uh, Shinsu Chu bat there. So Shinsu Chu also the only Rangers all-star. Um, he will represent the Texas Rangers. And, you know, only all-star, you know, kind of stinks as Rangers fans just to see one get in there. But, you know, if you think about it, in the years where the Rangers were good, you had who? You had Josh Hamilton, Michael Young, you had Ian Kinsler, you know, you had all these other guys making it to the All-Star game. You had, you know, pitchers for the Rangers making it to the All-Star game. You had C.J. Wilson, you know. You had uh, Matt Harrison, I believe, one year. You know, just a plethora of guys making it to the All-Star game when they're good. And you think about the teams that are good now, uh, 
and teams that get the benefit of the doubt anyway, like the Yankees, the Red Sox, uh, you know, the Dodgers, uh, the Houston Astros because they won the World Series last year. You know, these are the teams that are going to get the majority of All-Star representatives because when it comes down to it, we all know, the All-Star game is nothing more than a popularity contest. You know, Chu didn't get voted in by the regular vote. He got put in on the last day, which made sense because no one can ignore this epic streak that he is going through right now. It's been pretty incredible. So you look at that. Chu is your uh, All-Star representative. Chu with his 49-game hitting streak as of Saturday. Um, and the way we do this podcast, I pre-record it, and then we'll put it online. So if that changes, uh, I may tag at the end of this to say what his streak is now or that it's over. But as of the current time I'm recording this, he has a 49-game hitting streak. So Shinsu Chu has been quite uh, quite a thing to watch lately. It's been, you know, must-see TV, as they say, in the industry. Every time he comes up to bat to see if that streak goes on or not. And it's cool just because it can be a walk, it can be a hit-by-pitch, it can be, you know, anything like that to keep that streak alive. So, been pretty neat, and I think now would be the time to trade uh, Shinsu Chu if they can get him if they can get the right things for him, and uh, I don't know if they can. I don't know if they can get what they want for him, but there's only one way to find out, and I'm sure that he is out there right now. Speaking of trades, let's talk about the trade deadline approaching and who the Rangers are going to make available and who is going to get traded. I know, first of all, the number one trade target from the Rangers right now, probably the number one reliever on the market, would have to be uh, Keone Kella. You know, his saves, he's perfect in save opportunities. He has a very low ERA. Um, he is pitching lights out at the moment, really showing that he is a, probably going to turn into a premier closer if he's not already. This is a kid who had some uh, problems a few years back as far as attitude during spring training. Rangers sent him down. He did not start the season with the Rangers. Um, he grew up a little bit. He seems to have gotten it all together. And now this year, as a closer, he has been really, really good. Uh, 20 for 20, I believe, right now in save opportunities. Um, and just unbelievable back there, the way he's been playing. So the question is, he's going to be good now for years. Do the Rangers need a premier closer when you look at this team? I'm going to have to be honest. I do not see this team being uber competitive until at least 2021, 2022, somewhere in there. you got this 2018 season. You've got the 2019 season, and you're going to be without Cole Hamels. Uh, you're going to be without the mediocre pitchers they have right now, or you're still going to be stuck with, you know, Doug Fister. And, well, Bartolo Colon has been another anomaly. Did anyone really expect him to come in here and be the innings leader for the Texas Rangers at this point of the season? I don't believe anybody saw that coming. I don't believe... Uh, I don't believe anyone saw that coming. That's all I'll say, that, that Bartolo Colon's been like he has. But, you know, so, do the Rangers need a premier closer before he's going to be super expensive? Well, probably not, and he's got some control right now. Um, so a team that gets him will have him for a few years. So the question is, what can we get in return again? Can the Rangers get a package that they want in return for Keone Kellett? Now, I don't think they're ever going to get the Mark Teixeira Hall again. That was pretty amazing that brought in, you know, Elvis Andrews and Jared Saltalamacchia and Matt Harrison and, you know, all the people, uh, Neftali Feliz, all the people that came along with that trade. I don't think you're going to see another haul like that again anytime soon, especially not for the Rangers. And, and uh, 
or for any team for that matter, people seem to be holding on to their prospects more, and they seem to, if you looked at the market this last year, it wasn't near as large as it had been in the past. It wasn't near as big. It wasn't near as, uh, well, I mean, there were some great free agents that sat out there forever before they got picked up. So Keone Keller would be the first one, I would think, if the Rangers can get what they want for him that will be moved. Next, Adrian Beltre has said that he is willing to waive his no-trade clause to be on a contender, but he wants to come back to Texas next year if that happens. Obviously, I don't want to see him go anywhere, but if he could go somewhere, win a World Series, and then come back, I would love it. I just don't know if John Daniels would bring a 40-year-old Adrian Beltre back to the Rangers, you know, in any role, unless Shinsu Chu is gone and maybe he could be your DH. But as of right now, and this is just a current streak, he is not playing very well at the plate. He's striking out at a much higher rate than he usually does, not getting on base as much as he does, not walking as much as he normally does. So what can you get for an aging Adrian Beltre? You know, that's what would have to be saw, seen. Um, that's what had to be seen is can you get anything back any kind of pitching prospects any kind of you know fueling prospects can you get anything back in return for Adrian Beltre good enough to let someone borrow him for half a season because that's all they'll be doing which makes it even harder to get a good return on Adrian Beltre so my opinion is hang on to Beltre do not move him next of course Cole Hamels and you know fun, funny enough I hear that the Philadelphia Phillies are very interested in Cole Hamels. Maybe we can get some of those uh, some of those prospects back that we gave away. No, you know the Phillies aren't going to do that. Some of them have turned out quite well for Philadelphia. And I don't think Cole Hamels was a bust for Texas. He's been okay. You might disagree with me on that. But this year, he has not been the best. And at the end of last year, he was really bad. Him and Yu Darvish both. Yu uh, Darvish seems to be doing okay in Chicago. So what can the Rangers get back for Cole Hamels? Would you expect a couple of pitching prospects? Would you expect, you know, what level? Would you expect high-level pitching prospects, mid-level pitching prospects? Would you expect mid-level? Would you expect mid-level players in general? What do you think we could get back on a Cole Hamels trade? That is a good question. I don't know what we would get back. It'll just have to uh, wait and be seen what they can get back on that. So Cole Hamels, yes, I think he goes. Just for the record, I think Keona Kella probably goes. I think Beltre doesn't. I think Cole Hamels goes. And then the next one would be Jake Diekman. I think the Rangers will look to move Diekman while he's hot right now as well. And for him, I would say probably a couple of mid-level prospects back. You know, uh, probably nobody major league ready. Probably younger prospects who are still developing is what the Rangers will get back on Jake Diekman. And let's face it, the Rangers need those kind of prospects right now. They're not having a wonderful season at any level this year as far as pitching goes. So they need some of those prospects that they can build up in the organization. Uh, So I think Diekman probably also gets traded if the situation is correct, if the situation is right for Daniels to do that. So I think you're looking at... Beltre staying and the rest of them probably going. And then there's always one or two that nobody thinks about that'll go. You know, there's always guys that, uh, you know, the Rangers picked up Austin Jackson and now they've already released him today because they were hoping to kind of move him and get something out of him, but that did not work out as they have already released him. He was having a terrible year for San Francisco and I believe he was just kind of a throw in in that trade deal that they made to get a couple of those other prospects here. So, you know, 
we'll see how all that works out. But as far as that goes, I think there may be a few more talked about in trades. Um, you know, Elvis Andrus has been mentioned, but my opinion, he could be uh, probably one of the greatest Rangers of all time if he stays here. He's a shoe in for Rangers Hall of Fame. You know, I wouldn't say he's a shoe in for the Hall of Fame, but he's a shoe in for the Rangers Hall of Fame. He's a shoe in for one of the most beloved Rangers of all time, you know, behind Adrian Beltre and Michael Young and possibly Josh Hamilton and, you know, Rafael Palmero and Juan Gonzalez and some of these other ones, Nolan Ryan, of course. Um, I think that he's in line to be one of those greats. And I don't know if he gets traded away or if he decides to test free agency after this season. You know, I don't know what that does to his uh, chances here to be a Rangers Hall of Famer and to be one of the most beloved players. Because, you know, if he goes to play for someone like the Yankees or the Angels, you know, I mean, look at Kinsler. He said some hurtful things when he left. Now he's bounced around. Now he's playing for, or he went to Detroit. Now he's playing for the Angels. And, you know, he's just, I do not think he is ever going to be considered a Rangers favorite, even though he was a great player during the years they went to the World Series. But, you know, we'll see what happens. But I think that Elvis should probably stick around in a Rangers uniform. All right, as I am recording this on July 14th, 2018, it's only fair to look back at uh, this day in Rangers Major League history. Um, the 2008 All-Star Game was played uh, July 15th, but on July 14th of 2008, they had the Home Run Derby, and no one will ever forget Josh Hamilton and that Home Run Derby. Um, he put on the kind of show that nobody could ever remember as he hit 28 home runs in round one. Uh, the second most behind him was eight, and that was Justin Morneau, um, who actually won that home run derby. But I can remember, I mean, I don't watch the home run derby. To me, it's not that entertaining watching guys hit the ball deep and, you know, hearing people talk about it. Just never excited me all that much, but... I remember tuning in for that one, and I could not believe the way he was, you know, knocking the ball all over the ballpark. Just incredible. Um, one of my most favorite memories of Josh Hamilton. I mean, there's a lot of them. Uh, Josh was one of my favorite players. I still really like Josh. But it was incredible to watch him just knocking the ball all over the park like he did, and not just Ranger players reacting to the way he was hitting the ball, but, you know, everybody watching him react was just, I mean, everyone watching him, they were focusing all the other players, bowing down to him, all the things going on. It just was an incredible moment in sports history, and especially an incredible moment in Rangers history. Uh, and that happened July 14th of 2008. So, um, you know, as far as Rangers history goes, I probably picked a pretty good day to start this on, since that is a fairly incredible moment in Rangers history. And of course, that was 2008. Two years later, the Rangers were in the World Series, so... That was the time, probably, that the Texas Rangers have been the most relevant uh, on the national scene as they uh, have ever been. And right now, obviously, they are down again. But that that uh, home run derby on July 14, 2008, just an incredible feat of strength watching Josh. And, of course, the hilarious thing is that he did not win that home run derby. But, of course, Justin Marneau said, well, he kind of did. You know, he was... More people will remember Josh Hamilton from the 2008 Home Run Derby than remember the Justin Morneau won. And, of course, just both of them are out of baseball now. Of course, it's been 10 years. But I just remember, I mean, and do you, do you remember that as Rangers fans? You know, you can leave comments. And, like I said, I'll give you the number to call at the end of the program. Um, 
So yeah, just an amazing, amazing moment in Rangers history. This year has also been, you know, the year of the young ones in uh, the Rangers franchise, seeing that we got all the injuries at the beginning of the season, and then Isaiah, Isaiah Kainer-Falefa and Ronald Guzman got called up. And it's been pretty neat to watch what happened with those two. I don't know about you, but I did not expect to see the kind of production that we're getting from either of those gentlemen since they've been called up. Um, I followed Frisco quite a bit last year. I got to watch both of them play, especially Isaiah. Um, Isaiah was really good as a Frisco Rough Rider. Of course, they started at uh, Round Rock this year. Both highly touted prospects, but I'm not sure that anyone expected to see Isaiah Kiner-Falefa have the kind of year he's having, or Ronald Guzman as well. The Rangers, I'm sure, feel that they have found their first baseman of the future. And Kiner Falefa has been bouncing all over and playing well everywhere from catcher to third to shortstop to second base. Uh, just been a huge asset for this Rangers team. come through with some timely hits, both of them have. So is Kiner Falefa, you know, now that Joey Gallo looks like... Well, what are they going to do with Joey Gallo? We'll talk about him a little later on in the podcast. But Isaiah Kiner Falefa could be the third baseman of the future. He could be the catcher of the future. He could be a lot of different things if... Uh, if Elvis Andrews winds up leaving, he could be the shortstop. But, of course, you've also got Jerks and Profar, who's another guy in there who's been having a great year. So the Rangers right now, as far as fielders go, they seem to have a good collection of young offensive and defensive players. And, of course, you're going to see errors from these young guys because they're exactly that, young guys. And you're going to see them get embarrassed at the plate from time to time because, you know, they went from hitting AAA pitching to Major League pitching, which... I personally don't know, but I hear it's a very difficult transition, and Ronald Guzman seems to have handled it very well, and Isaiah Kainer-Falefa seems to have handled it very well also. So what happens to them? You know, if Beltre gets traded away, you know, will Kainer-Falefa be the Rangers' next third baseman? You know, he kind of would sneak in there if he did. Originally, that was supposed to be Joey Gallo, but he is, uh, he's been all over at first in the outfield, but has not played a lot of third base since... He's been called up to the Rangers. And, of course, you've also got Ronald Guzman, who looks like he will be the Rangers' first baseman of the future unless something happens. Just like Noam Rosara got called up a couple years ago and wound up sticking around, I think Guzman will as well. It's uh, yet to be seen on Kiner Falefa. And, you know, we all know the whole Jerks and Profar, excuse me, we all know the whole Jerks and Profar story where he came in and uh, he was one of the greatest you know, players, the highest touted prospect in all of baseball. And uh, then the shoulder injuries and the two years of, you know, recovery and problems that he had. And then his anger with the franchise for not getting to play in the majors and everything else that he went through. But Profar is having himself a heck of a year. And so are the other two guys. So these guys are the Rangers of the Futures or great trade chips. I would like to see all three of them stick around. Don't know that there's a place for all three of them especially if Elvis and Rugnit Odor and Adrian Beltre stick around, you know, but I really think that Beltre wants to keep playing baseball, and I think he's going to be okay with moving to a mostly designated hitter, which would leave a place for Kiner Falefa to play at third. And, of course, also catcher. The Rangers have had difficulty finding a batch up, backup catcher excuse me, for years, and they may settle on uh, Kiner Falefa backing up Chirinos, or if Connor Falefa winds up, you know, beating Chirinos out, it could be the other way around. But I think those are going to be your two 
catchers possibly unless Kiner Falefa becomes a full-time third baseman after Adrian Beltre has gone. So it's going to be interesting to see, but I've got to say that they're probably my biggest surprise of the season so far has been watching Isaiah Kiner Falefa, Ronald Guzman, Jerks and Profar, you know, and also we can't leave out Jose LeClerc who's having a great year as a reliever. Um, you know, these are guys young that are starting to make an impact on this team. Kind of like young guys like Elvis Andrews and Neftali Feliz and uh, Ian Kinsler and some of these other younger guys did 10 years ago. Not saying that this team is going to turn into a World Series team. The pitching's not there. But as far as a young core, the Rangers are starting to put one together that is pretty impressive with those guys. So what do you think? Are you a fan of Guzman and Kiner Falefa and Profar? And, and where do you see them being on this team? Uh, be sure to leave a comment and let me know. Speaking of Joey Gallo, and uh, the last thing I'm going to talk about on this podcast today is Joey Gallo. Okay, Joey Gallo is not having, well, let's just say he can hit a lot of home runs, but he's probably not having a stellar season overall other than that. Gallo leads the team in uh, strikeouts with 129. That's a lot of strikeouts, guys, for the amount of bat- bats he's had. Joey Gallo has had some times in the outfield where he hasn't looked good. He's had some times at first where he's looked good, sometimes when he hasn't, and uh, a lot of times at the plate he just looks lost. Okay, he's here. He's a major league player. I'm not arguing that. There's a lot of power hitters over the years who have high strikeout numbers. But it's not just the high strikeout numbers. It's the four strikeout games. It's how easy it is to fool him at the plate. You know... I'm not sure that I would want to keep him around forever. I'm not sold on it yet. I don't dislike him. I like the guy a lot. I just don't know that he is... I mean, is he going to develop? Is he going to get better? You can hope that he would, but... And he's walked a little more this year than he did last year, but he still looks so lost at the plate most of the time. And also his approach seems to be either hit the ball out or strike out. And... You know, that approach, and, and, and the shift that they're playing against them on most teams is just ridiculous. You know, there's absolutely nobody on the left side of the infield when Joey Gallo bats. If, and I know, you know, as a fan, as a you know couch potato, as a guy who sits here and talks about the Rangers and writes about the Rangers, it's easy for me to say, well, just hit it the other way. Well, obviously that's not as easy as, you know, it appears it should be you know and I can say all day we'll just hit it the other way we'll just hit it the other way but that's not exactly something that's just oh okay I'll just do that you know it's not like he's not trying it's not like he's not working on that and of course people question the hitting coach the pitching coach and all that for the Rangers and time will tell but Joey Gallo has the talent Joey Gallo can definitely hit the ball a long way now Joey Gallo needs to work on his defense and needs to work on striking out less and just looking more competent at the plate, in my opinion. Like I said, I like the guy, but, you know, as far as somebody on the out, I would rather keep Profar, I would rather keep Connor Falefa, I would rather keep Guzman. You know, there's a couple other guys I'd rather keep around over Joey Gallo if I had the choice because, yeah, his home runs are cool when they come, but when they don't, you know, it's almost an automatic out. And that's something that, you know, you can't afford on a team that's trying to make it, you know, to the next level. Now, like I said, it'll be a few years before they get to the next level, in my opinion. So maybe Joey works it out before then. 
But uh, we'll just have to see if the Rangers wind up hanging on to him, moving him, what they do with him. Because right now it's almost an embarrassment to watch him uh, hack at some of these pitches up there. Because it's, it's just not, it's not a pretty sight. And I think he definitely needs to work on that. All right, so that about wraps up the podcast for this week. Um, be sure to tune in next week. We'll have a lot more to talk about. And if you ever would like to leave a comment, uh, a vocal comment that you want to get on the podcast, you can always call 512-256-0079 and leave your comment, and we will try to get that on the air the following week. You can always reach me at The Ranger Report on Twitter. Uh, There is The Ranger Report on Facebook. You can leave a comment on therangerreport.com. There's a Google Plus and a Tumblr and all other kind of ways to reach us. Uh, just search for the Ranger Report in any of that. And uh, we look forward to you guys listening to us next week and hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you do, be sure to tweet it, tell your friends about it, and uh, see if we can get this thing back into some sort of respectable listening audience. Um, of course, all of you guys that listen are respectable, otherwise you wouldn't listen. But thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>